0: Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel, and I'm Carl Edwards. Join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. Carl, today we're continuing our series on influencing others.
1: That's right. We kind of took a good look at the accountability side of the equation and being real clear about and getting buy-in to the mission of the organization. This week, we're going to turn our attention to getting some clarity and commitment to who's in the organization. So we're going to switch over to talking about being empowering leaders and knowing who's on our team and what they bring to the table.
0: Now, Carl, why is this important? Do people really know who is working for them?
1: I would say no, and that's why we need to talk about this so desperately. The phrase I use is, does it matter who's sitting in the chairs? got all these chairs, maybe they represent spots on the organizational chart or job descriptions. And to most leaders, it really doesn't matter who's in the chair, just as long as the things that are on that job description get done. What we're suggesting is it matters enormously who's in the chair. And the more you know about the specifics of those individuals and their strengths and their passions and their skills and their unique working styles, the more potential you have to have them engage with the mission of the organization in a way that's going to propel it forward.
0: And this is probably one of the things we hear the most from leaders Complaints about their employees, complaints about how they're, you know, maybe think they should have better benefits, be paid more. Entitlement is what we would call it, that kind of mentality. We do hear that a lot from people of leadership. They have problems with their employees.
1: Right. Well, that's what we call pure excuses leadership instead of no excuses leadership. (laughs) Kind of the abject shifting of responsibility off to everyone else. Why are they that way? And I wish they would stop being that way. And they want our series on influencing others to be, what are the things I can do to get them to be the way I want them to be? We're saying, no, it's your job to figure out, to find out who they are and to tap into that. And when you tap into that, they will be willing to engage and show up.
0: So how do you do this, Carl? How do you be a business that's about your mission and... How, at the same time, can you be a business that's about your employees or about, you know, bringing out the best in your employees?
1: Well, what I'd like to suggest is not only in getting to know people, but in committing to their professional well-being, their careers. So it's recognizing certain hard facts about people and what makes them tick. One of which is that people want to make a difference. They want their role to count and their contribution to mean something. So that involves giving people meaningful responsibilities. So one thing we can do is we can look at job descriptions and organizational charts and see, make sure there's opportunities for people to exercise their judgment and contribute their creativity. But you really wouldn't even know where to begin unless you knew something about the person you were dealing with. So here's where our radical turnaround want to suggest is, instead of organizing your company around your organizational chart and the job descriptions that make it up, is you want to organize around your team. You want to look for the right people. You want to look for certain character qualities. You want to look for certain skills. You want to look for certain passions. You want to look for certain working styles. And you want to build this complementary group of people, of individuals that have names and families and dreams and goals in life. And then you want to organize around them. So you would have more flexible job descriptions. As a team changed, the job descriptions would start changing as people grew in their career and developed their interests or wanted to expand responsibilities. It wouldn't need to wait until they could take a leap up the organizational chart and some rigid promotion. It could kind of morph with them. So that's what we want to suggest people start thinking about.
0: So really, but put some flexibility into your organizational structure. Yes, just really make it you know, somewhere where you can kind of tweak job descriptions and, if need be, based on interests and strengths
1: and talent. Exactly, and career direction. That would be the means. If you could be more flexible, you would be able to gear things toward what energized your team, and you would be able to take into effect. The other hard fact about people is that they change over time. We learn, we grow, we develop, we want to get into new things. And if there's no room for us to change and grow and expand. We're still going to do it anyway, and that's when people start looking elsewhere for the position that will give them an opportunity to exercise those new skills and roles that they want to get involved with.
0: You know, this reminds me, your comment on people need to grow and change reminds me of a seminar we were doing once, and one of the participants, we were going over this very topic about people really needing to motivate people. You need to provide them an environment where they grow and change. And this woman, who was kind of a head human resources for a big engineering company, said, no, that's a lie. You are lying. People don't, in my experience, people don't want to change. They don't want to grow. Hmm. They don't want those opportunities. They just basically want to get paid for doing nothing. I mean, it was really like the most bitter, pessimistic. <laughs> and this is the person who's the head of a human human resources for a large engineering company, who right. was then talking about how she had a hard time hiring good engineers.
1: Exactly. So what we want to suggest in that scenario is, that the cause and effect are the other way around. That if people have lost their energy and are just getting by, you have done something as a leader or organization to make it an unsafe place to grow. You do have this rigid structure. There's something going on in how you're treating people that elicits that kind of response from them. So I I wouldn't argue with her at all that that's her experience of her employees. But I would suggest that the reason they got there had to do with leadership, not with the people really not being open to change.
0: And maybe even going back to our topic last week, it may be important for you to articulate in your hiring process that you are about hiring people that are interested in growing and
1: changing. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yes, excellent point. The things that are important, you should be brought up in the hiring process so that you are getting matches. You are getting like-minded, spirited people. And if you're not getting those, that's where the problem's taking place, not later. Again, remember what's core in No Excuses Leadership is that we're starting with ourselves and the things that we're doing. So we're not releasing people a responsibility, but we're saying as the more powerful person, we got to start with setting things up well. And then we can set our expectations and our, the results and outcomes that we agree on for our team members.
0: Well, I do like this. I, I like the idea of really helping people get to know their employees and to motivate them based on the values of the organization and the mission. And I think that's important. It's, it's not just motivating your employees and giving them better choices, better jobs, you know, just in the abstract. And we talked about this. They really need to be accountable for the work that they're doing, that it really contributes to what you're about.
1: Exactly. It only works if Both sides of the equation are there, that the tension is held between empowerment and accountability. It's just both and or not anything. Total empowerment turns into, as you said, you know, it's kind of cut loose. Do what you want, go multiple directions and nowhere in particular. Just pure accountability, pure, you know, you owe everything to the company. Work, work, work. Results, results, results. We owe you nothing. Nothing you know, saps the life right out of people and people defend themselves by doing the bare minimum. And so tension intention as partners, empowerment and accountability, commitment to the individuals and a commitment to the mission of the organization is almost unstoppable.
0: Well, I like that. I like that these things are, as you said, are being held in tension. What's best for our employees and what's best for our company. And we'll talk about that next week. Sometimes that makes hard decisions on both sides. Well, I look forward to next week. Next week, we'll be talking about holding these two important things in tension as we talk about influencing people. And as always, feel free to join the discussion on the web at BoldEnterprises.com. See you next week. This
1: podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.